welcome back to ball watching another week another episode with your favorite hosts jake and justin here on the call for you all today to break down some topics you know with city but also a little bit outside of city soccer never stops man you know they're they're the, the great game transcends this country transcends this city even though this city is is crazy for it obviously but Man, a lot of stuff going on right now with League's Cup, Women's World Cup, and City even, you know, getting back on the grind ahead of the four, the 820 uh, re-opener for this season, ironically against Austin once again. But before we get into some of those City topics, Justin, I know we want to talk a little bit about some of the action that's been, been happening in the League's Cup. It's been quite a sight uh, for, for the casual fans and, and for any soccer fans that are just wanting to see some competition. I've loved it. Same with the Women's World Cup. Um, but Justin, did you kind of want to get us kicked off on you know how we're feeling about League's Cup? Because it's been electric. Yeah, this has been kind of nuts, Jake. And I've been talking to a couple of my friends that even if we didn't have a soccer team, I think it was Bauer actually called this out, if we didn't have a team in St. Louis, the way that Messi has kind of taken over this league in this League's Cup games, it's making everybody tune in. And it's not only the Miami games. Some of these games have been absolutely electric. So Let's hop right into it. Let's talk, I'll talk a little bit about what happened in our groups. Obviously, we lost. So then Columbus Crew and Club America go on. So what have they been doing? Columbus Crew, they got knocked out in the round of 32 um, by Minnesota United after an insane 3-3 three to three game prior to PKs. Uh, they scored in the 83rd, but then giving up a tying goal in the 90th, and they lost 4-3 to three on PKs. Pretty exciting game when you look at it in that sense. But this next one that I was telling you about last night, the Club America game. They were so they handled Chicago one nothing um, in the round of thirty two. Had an own goal, uh, like that's how they won the game. Had but they have sixty two percent percent. Wow, percent possession. <laughs> I'm getting excited. Um, they had fourteen shots with three on goal versus Chicago's five with none on goal. So they they got out of there. They were fine. So then they were playing Nashville. This Nashville game, Jake, was absurd. So it was one to one late in the game. Club America then got a penalty in the ninetieth plus four, put it away. Kinones did. And they go ahead. But then Sam Sturridge for Nashville puts away a goal in the 90th plus nine to send it to PKs. And so we know in, in League's Cup, there's no like um, there's no golden goal. There's no 250 minute stoppages straight to PKs. They go through six. They go through five rounds. And so it is um, Club America is up five to four versus Nashville. And guess who steps up? Jack Mayer, St. Louis's very own second overall pick in 2020 draft. It's like, oh. Perfect time for him to shine. Steps up. He has to score it for them to to them to stay alive. Keep saves it. But VAR, six minutes later, shows that the keeper's feet were just barely off the line, in front of the line. And then they have to call it back. Jack gets second chance, puts it away. Then they go. So they're tied there. Dos Santos goes off top of the crossbar. Nashville puts it away, and they're through. What's going on there, America's man? Out. I, I didn't know there, there's got to be some, and I'm glad it worked out the way it did, obviously, to see Nashville advance through and obviously STL's own be a part of it, which with Jack Mayer and his brother plays in the city too. Uh, but what's there's got to be some statute limitations there with like the time it takes to to let Club America celebrate like that and think they won it. That's like, you know, when we'll get to the women's, but that that's like Alyssa Nair making that save in that final round of PKs and the U.S. thinks they're alive for five minutes. Or seven minutes in this case, and then you take it right back from them. Like that is just, whew, that is evil of the and wrong the one, doing, man. Even the U.S. Women's National Team one, it like the ball crosses, so you got to right. call it a goal. This one, if you watch this, Jake, the heels, yes, he's off the line. I know that's the rule, but this one just seems too. Yeah, I mean, both of them are less than an inch, including right. the U.S. Women's game, but tough there. But then looking, so kind of rounding it back to City. 
So what are the three games that we have back? I know when we talked, when we got eliminated, we wanted to kind of be in this tournament a little further. So we didn't have a 23 year, 24 day break, but and some of these other teams are also going to be out. They're going to be fresh legs. So we play Austin on the 20th. They got eliminated in group play like we did. They'll be fresh. Orlando City, that's who we play after them. They got eliminated in the round of 32 by Messi. So they'll be fresh as well, considering that'll be another 14 days. They'll all have games in between. But and then FC Dallas got eliminated in the round of 16 by Messi. So none of the teams, unfortunately, that we'll be playing coming up are staying longer to have like kind of heavier legs. But on 8-20-2023, when we play Austin, the MLS has 14 games, so every team but one, I didn't care to figure out which team is not, every team but one will be playing a game um, then. So if you got bounced in the round of 16 last night, they'll still have 13 days of rest. So a lot of these teams are getting a good good chunk of time back. The one thing to consider there, too, is I bet the MLS will have to make some adjustment. If that final is on the 19th and you have two teams playing in that from the MLS, and you're, or even one, for that matter, and they're supposed by the next day and they're not part of the two teams that are missing action on Sunday, they're going to make some adjustments to that. That would be just evil to have them compete back-to-back days, even though it's League's Cup, formally ends, MLS officially re-begins. Uh, I wonder if they'll... I, you, you'd think they'd make that adjustment. I think they have to, because otherwise you're looking at injuries there. Like, imagine right. if somehow, like, if not somehow, if Miami gets, gets to the final and then Messi gets injured um, the game after the final because he's played two games in right. 24 hours. No chance. No chance. I would say quickly, Jake, we can touch on some storylines as well. I'll let you hop in here too. But I think one of the main storylines is this has been an exciting tournament with a ton of goals and a ton of PK ending games. Obviously that would just mean a tie in most chances, but seven of the 16 games in the round of 32 had PKs and five of the eight in the round of 16 had PKs in there as well, which I think is absolutely absurd. And I'll let you touch on this, Jake, but Messi has been the massive storyline in this tournament. And one more thing before we go into that, I was listening to Taylor Twelman's podcast, Offside, uh, which just started. And by the way, I highly recommend that for anyone listening. He does, you know, awesome guest interviews. He's only had two episodes so far, but in the most recent one he had, he said in the group stage of League's Cup, it was 152 goals. Is that not proof of concept that this is an exciting product to put on the field? That's, that's I think, about three and a half goals per game. That's just the group stage. So the excitement around this tournament, I think, was a little bit of a mystery. Is this going to be something that people want to watch again? And we keep going back to this well every single year. And I think just looking at the group stage alone and then all the obviously all the action that's come after that, it's a yes. It's a resounding yes. It may not be the the final product in terms of just U.S. based. I think you've got to mix in some Mexico based games as well and even some Canada. But it it's been such a cool event. And I think it's been I mean, obviously, Messi has been the storyline of it with his arrival and his starting in those games. But I, I, for one, am super excited about this tournament moving forward. And I think it creates a very organic rivalry between American and Mexican soccer that didn't need much help. But it's definitely going to fuel that, I think, for years to come. Well, I was just going to say in this round of 16, they just had eight games. There was 25 goals. So this pace has kept up. And it's not like teams are blowing each other out. There was not the, I mean, LASC blew out uh, Real Salt Lake yeah. night, for nothing. The rest of these games, one nothing, two to two, two to two, two to one, four to four in that Miami FC Dallas game, one to one, one to one. So Electric. it's a lot of goals, but it's not like teams are getting overly blown out. I will say though, Jake, LAFC is looking hot after being uh, one of the club, club or Liga Mackey's team, seven to one, and then Real Salt Lake, who's in good form right now, four to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, Real Salt Lake, I think, is is going to be one to keep an eye on absolutely for the rest of the season. And then you mentioned LAFC as well. Both of those two teams have done some significant business in this transfer window to reinforce with some quality talent. And 
it's going to be interesting to see where they land in the Western Conference because I think the Western Conference has strengthened in terms of, of just personnel and quality in this window between the end of the MLS kind of pause campaign and then moving into the restart. I think it's going to get a little bit tighter at the top, absolutely. Uh, and I think for me, I know you teed it up, Justin, with, with Messi. I, I mean, seven goals in, in, in an assist in those four games. What an impact, an immediate impact. I think we talked about this on the, on the radio show on, on uh, High Noon with Nate Lucas last Friday, but the immediacy with which he's come and made that type of sporting impact. You knew that he'd had the social media, every all the impressions. You knew that was going to happen. Maybe not all overnight like it has been. The ability for him to drift in and drift out of games, but when he's in there, just looking like the most lethal player on the face of the earth, still at the ripe age that he is at, and in competitive environments, man, it's at, it's very physical. You're seeing him take some, you know, pretty nasty challenges, and and teams respect him. And for me, I think my favorite favorite part of this is how seriously he's taking this, and how he wants to be here to make an impact. He appreciates his teammates. You know, he dedicated, like I said on that radio show, his first goal and win to an injured teammate. He's not just here for the paychecks and the notoriety. He's here to grow the game and become an American icon in the game of soccer and grow it here. Like I just, I love how interested he looks out there. He's not just a star here doing his paycheck and getting his fame. Obviously. Yeah, that's all happening. And he's getting paid a lot of money for sure. I just love and the mentality that I'm picking up from him is what I am most excited for because he just seems very invested in this. Dude, he, showed that exactly i think it was in the orlando game they were up three to one and that man was pressing their back line in the 91st minute after playing a full 90 like you can see like he knows how to play soccer he can he walks around a decent amount because then he picks when to do his quick burst right. but showing that much energy and want to win and put this team away even further after a 3-1 is incredible to see i will say jake i need the books the sport books to slow down a little bit yeah they've moved miami their mls cup odds are now nine to one on Barstool, they're even down on DraftKings. Can't even get it because they don't like where it's going. I'm a little bit okay with it because I already told you I have a future of them at 40 to one. But then this one throws me off a little bit too much. Yes, he scored seven goals in four games. It's very nice. Him to win the Golden Boot is plus 650. There's only 12 games remaining for them, and he has zero goals. So let's remind everybody that these League Cup games do not count towards that. So he will have zero goals with 12 games left. The man doesn't play on turf. So he will only play 10 of those because one of them is in Charlotte and one's in Atlanta. And then if you, so I'm staying away from that because from that bet, because Mukhtar has 13 goals for Nashville at plus 300. Bonega has 12 for LAFC at plus 400. Acosta has 12 for Cincy at plus 600. And then you have Messi with zero at plus 650. And there's six guys behind him with either 10 or 11. Yeah. Goals. I'm just, it, it's one of those things like, I think their books are trying to like entice people, but it's not happening. It's a little bit too much respect. I mean that, and you know what? I will happily eat my words. If he takes that crown and people win money off of that, good for you because it's an uphill battle from here with that limited amount of runway left in the MLS season. But you know what? Him carrying the form that he's in right now, and I feel like Miami only getting better and supporting him and enabling him to do what he's able to do. You know what? I'm going to say it's possible and, and I, it's possible 
because of how impactful he's been in that limited sample size against some good teams. So you know what? It's not off the table, but it definitely, I mean, just the fact that he's in that mix in the top five in terms of odds without having one single goal to his game with less than, what, a third of the season left to go in the MLS? I mean, that's the tip of the cap to the guy. I mean, what an impact. All right, I will say the last thing. It's possible. I wouldn't take it plus 650. Yes, no. he has 10 games left, but these games that he's scoring seven goals in four games, he's playing high-quality opponents into a tournament that's in the knockout stages. So he will get a chance to play like a Colorado or something. God knows he could put up four goals there, but the man will literally have to score three goals a game. Yeah, uh, two goals a game there yeah. to finish out, which he can do, but that's mm-hmm. also just assuming that Mukhtar and Bodega just, just slow down. So. Yeah. Last touches, and then I watch, and then we'll hop in the U.S. Women's National Team, and then City stuff. But Liga Mekki seems so five of them made it out of the round of sixteen, uh, while MLS had eleven. Two advanced to the quarterfinals, while MLS has six. So we're so looking good in that front. Quarterfinal matches are all on Friday. You have Philadelphia Union versus Kataro, 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 something like that. Yeah, yeah. there you go. All right. Inter Miami versus Charlotte, Nashville SC versus Minnesota, and LAFC versus Monterey. Yep. And so those are all Friday um, on the 11th. Semifinals will be Tuesday the 15th. Final on Saturday, August 19th. Looking at betting lines, Miami is plus 200 to win it. LAFC plus 400. Union plus 650. Nashville plus 650. The rest of the Liga Mackey's teams are below that um, and the rest of the teams because those are the four teams that are playing at home as well, just to mention that. And that's why they have lower odds. Yep. Yep. It should be interesting. I'm definitely watching those games. I feel bad for Nashville, Minnesota being at the same time as Inter-Miami, Charlotte. You know where everyone's be watching. And I have no reason to believe that Inter-Miami is not going to cruise right right through that game and into the semis. It's going to be crazy because they're also in the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup shortly after this. So, I mean, they, they have a legitimate trophy on the line in the spot in the, in the what are we calling this now? The, it's not the CONCACAF Champions League, but the Champions Cup. Um, for CONCACAF coming up. So, I mean, they could they could lock that in. And this season is a resounding success. If they can take away the League's Cup and potentially the U.S. Open Cup and then maybe squeak into the playoffs in the MLS, I mean, it's only going up for them. That's the fear for me is they're only going to get better even in this offseason and round out this team more. So we'll see where they're, where they're trending. But all eyes are on Messi. This guy is the GOAT. I'm going to hammer the over in that Miami versus Charlotte game. I think that is Fair. just going to be up and down. That could be a 3-4 game easily. Yep, I would agree. I would agree. Well, let's talk about the ladies, man. Let's talk about the ladies in the red, white, and blue. We we send out, I think, the alarm bells on our pod and on, on Friday as well on the radio in terms of what was going to happen with, with this team. But, you know, U.S. played Sweden in the round of 16 and ultimately bowed out 5-4 on penalties after tying 0-0 in extra and regular time. So, you know, 120 minutes were played, no goals were scored, and this is the earliest they've ever been eliminated from the tournament. And the first time they haven't gotten at least third in the World Cup. So a little bit obviously really sucks, but also, I mean, that's a period of dominance right there. It's hard to, you know, maintain that for so long. You know, they had tons of chances, even in PKs as well. They had two times they could have clinched it. Um, but Rapino and Sophia Smith were not able to convert their penalties, both missing. Didn't force the goalie to make one save in penalties. But man, Musevich, I believe is this goalkeeper's name for Sweden, was making a Tim Howard-like performance against us. We had, I think, 11 shots on goal with that obviously she made 11 saves. And that was most in the Women's World Cup of this year so far. We had 500-plus passes, 77% accuracy. It just wasn't going our way. We commanded most of this game, had a a lot of chances. 
But you know what, man? We talk about it with City. You've got to be ruthless in front of net. If you're going to go anywhere and compete at these top levels, you've got to score goals. And we just did not have it in us at all this tournament, I felt like, honestly. I felt like they had a couple of interviews afterwards, and I mean, all of them were extremely sad. But I, I think it was uh, Rapino said I was there. She was proud. She was like, "We're obviously proud of the way we played." And I was like, "Oh, hold on." But then when you go to the stats, they actually played extremely well. They just could not finish, and that goalie was standing on their head. So, congrats to Sweden. Um, I will definitely be watching recaps. A lot of these games, dude, it's still at yeah three a.m., five a.m. Even Talks. though we're getting into the semis and things like that. But the one negative thing I think to take away, or not one, but the biggest one is a lack of goal scoring for us. We scored three of our four goals total against Vietnam and then none in 248 consecutive minutes. That yeah, is just nothing, way too yeah. long for a team that is number one in the world. Not going to make you go very far in these tournaments. I think the coaching was off. Vlako Endonovsky is all but gone at this point. Took a ton of heat for the player selection in-game and starting 11s. And his tactics, I don't think, were there very much. And the, the bummer of this all is that Sweden was a really good team to face in that early part of the tournament in the round of 16, unfortunately. And we could have avoided that had we gotten the business done in the group stage. So, you know, we kind of were our own you know, undoing at, at some point in this. And I think generally for me, two things emanated from this tournament. We relied way too much on the old guard. I don't think Rapino should have been playing at all. Um, you could tell that she's lost a lot of her luster in this. I know this is like kind of her her swan song and, and what a swan song it was, man, getting eliminated that way and missing the PK. Very unfortunate way to go out. Didn't didn't give enough time to the young guns, and there just there was this mentality, man. I didn't like it, and Twelman also put this out and got a ton of heat for it. What around this narrative of you know everyone kind of walking around swaggy like these pregame things that Rapino and a couple of the ladies were doing, where the way they're carrying themselves just gives this vibe of I'm better than you, and if you can back it up, that's great. Love it. Love that for you. You're doing a great job. But we weren't. We weren't able to back it up. And you know these teams, especially these younger teams that don't have as much going on and have a lot to prove, are looking at that, stapling that to the bulletin board, and saying, let's go out and beat the heck out of these people. They don't take us seriously at all. Look how much they think of themselves. So that mentality for me, like that hunger, that drive that has fueled the, this program for decades now and all of our success it just wasn't there for me in this tournament. And I think some of that was because of all the winningness that this team has been used to having. And we haven't had to earn it as much. And this, going into the positive, I think this is a proof of concept. This the women's game, the women's sport of soccer, is not going to be the same as it's always been. These countries are coming up and putting together programs and infusing them with money that we've never seen before. And the U.S. used to be one of the only ones that was doing that right. And I think we kind of got shown here in this tournament that we're going to need to do a lot better if we're going to maintain that level of dom dominance. And it might be over. We might be heading into a men's you know, scenario here where it's just it's a toss up every year for the World Cup. There are yeah, your perennial contenders. But, you know, who knows? You know, when rubber hits the road, look at who we lost to. Look at our group stage play. And we had some great players on the team. So I'm, I, for one, am excited about the growth of the game. I think it's going to be good for us in the long run because you're going to have to look at NWSL, look at NCAA, look at our U.S. women's national team youth programs and take a hard look inside. Like, are we doing what's best for the program right now? Because clearly it's not translating to the top level. Big fan of uh, not your dad saying now when rubber hits the road. Wow. Yeah. That one in a bit. No, what I will say, and I will say I agree with you. I, think, I don't think we were hungry enough. I think we and we have we have a reason or I guess. Um, 
I guess I'll just go with reason, be able to be that swaggy, but you also got to be hungry. If you want a three-peat, you can't just say, we're going to walk out of here and win this thing because these teams are good now. I will say, this is an incredible stat you have, Jake, is we only allowed two shots on goal through the four games. So obviously, I mean, we're playing well. We just couldn't finish, which is something that we did not expect going into this tournament when having um, Sophia Smith and in um, Alex, Alex Morgan. Morgan. As the, yeah, as Kennedy Rodman. So yeah. many attacking talents. Well, I was going to say, they were the number two, well, number one and number two yeah. to bet to be able to be the Golden Boot winner. And then we have like the number six too. So it's very surprising for us. Um, I don't know. I don't, we, I, it's going to be a lot of a lot of changes, I think, for them. I think we already talked. This was a, ch- a little bit of a change in the guard. We have a lot of younger women up and coming, and obviously, a new coach is going to be coming in. I would assume very quickly. But let me leave you on this with this. I, I like I said, I think ultimately this was the rung bell that was needed for this group and for this program that we're not going to be always contending for World Cups as a guarantee. This is something that we're going to have to earn every single cycle from here on out because everyone else wants the same thing now and they're taking it just as seriously as we are. I still think we will recover and get back to not necessarily the same level of dominance, but being that perennial contender constantly in these World Cup cycles. But who had on their bingo board the U.S. men's team and the U.S. women's team getting knocked out at the same stage in their respective World Cups? Not me. This year, I I absolutely did not with both teams bowing out in the round of 16. And this is my hottest take of the day. I personally, and this has nothing to do with winning World Cups and who's going to win one next. I personally think the men's program is in a better spot right now than the women's are. I think the women's are entering into a little bit of a rebuild. New coach got a reapproach development here. It's not working right now. We're not translating that to the to the the very top levels of our first team. And I think the men's have a much better vision for what's going on right now. But the 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 gap between our men's team and other men's programs is still so, so, so wide. Uh, whereas the women just need to do a couple of small things and and get back around to taking this very, very seriously. And I think they'll be back to you know, the upper echelons here soon, but that's the, that that's where we leave it here, but there's a lot more of this tournament to go, man. I mean, obviously it's still going to keep eyes on, on the tourney. So the round of 16 is done quarterfinals. We're moving into on the 10th of August and semifinals in the 14th final being on the 20th as well. So the same day as city um, taking on Austin FC futures for us. I like Japan, man. I think Japan has a tough order with the side of the bracket they're on, having Netherlands and Spain to contend with, Spain most immediately. Um, so, I mean, sorry, Sweden most immediately, and then facing the winner of Netherlands and Spain. But Japan, for me, has been undeniable. These people have proven adaptable to play with any style of any team. And they have this Hinata Miyazawa, who has been absolute fire in front of net. She's the current Golden Boot um, leader at minus 110. She is my bet um, to take home that that prize. Otherwise, I think Netherlands could make a push as well. So by the way, Japan is at plus 450 to win and Netherlands at plus 1100. So third best and sixth best odds. That's where my money's going in terms of the rest of this tournament because I just think I, and Japan for me is my, my clear and away favorite, but they're not the favorite on the books. It's going to be a tough one though, Jay, because you, I mean, then you're lining up your futures against each other in the next round. I that would say true. I like I Netherlands. Jump. Yeah, I like I like Netherlands. Um, honestly, at, at plus at eleven to one, I think that they're a very strong team. They so that game is actually Thursday tomorrow night. Um, they play Spain at, at eight p.m. So I'm actually going to watch that one for sure. Spain at minus one twenty, Netherlands plus three thirty. Um, but I think I like that as well. I would say 
the one thing you got to watch out for, England is looking extremely strong. Yes, they lost Lauren James um, to this game against Columbia because she stepped on uh, one of the Nigerian players. Can't but do that. You cannot do that. <laughs> and then, I mean, don't sleep on France. That's just a strong team that I feel like is just kind of flying under the radar right now, not making a ton of waves, but playing strong. But I agree. It's going to be an exciting uh, rest of the tournament to watch. I agree. So let's get into some of the other city stuff, Justin. And while you're pulling up what we have for you all in terms of magic number, we've already teed that up with you and we'll talk more about it here in a second. But uh, while you're here, if you're watching this on YouTube, absolutely throw us a like, throw us a subscribe. Got to be in the know for all of your ball watching content whenever you want it, whenever we're going live with stuff. And then also same thing on the podcast. Uh, We're about to head back into busy season here, folks. So gear up and strap in. It's going to be a ride in these final 11 games. So you've got to be in the know. And obviously, got to give a shout out to our, our sponsors and future sponsors as well. Uh, with Series 6, obviously have some great gear. I think their most recent charity shirt was awesome with the zoo. Uh, go check that out on Series6company.com. And then looking at the pitch, man, I mean, we're going to be – I'm so excited to go back to the pitch. I mean, it's just been a while. Uh, and I th- you know that game day is going to be bumping on that Sunday, which is a little bit weird. But Sunday vibes can be sneaky pretty fun so i definitely encourage you all to check out the pitch on sunday prior to the austin fc match and finally working on some exciting stuff man with soul juice it saved my life i got back from a bachelor party and i chugged one of these bad boys and i was feeling a little bit different within a couple hours i'm telling you it's magic juice dude we gotta give i gotta give a little shout out uh so luis the founder of soul juice just got named to forbes 30 under 30 for los angeles specifically Come on. And so I think, I mean, we've talked about Luis has been absolutely killing it. Another thing I want to mention, some of his new sponsors that he has now as well, the Cavender Twins. They play basketball at Miami. They're looking at doing some other things uh, with and with WWE possibly and all these other things that they talked about. But the cool thing about them, Jake, is that, and we'll have a lot more to touch on this and do an interview with Luis, but they're making and kind of really focusing on um, doing NIL for women in college. So it's one of those things where women have so much interaction on social media. When you look at some of these different athletes that all get all the clicks and likes and everything in that, but they only get like 10% of the revenue or right. just an absurdly low number. So one thing I just wanted to shout out to Luis there doing a great job for soul juice, go get it. Deerberg's get it online at ball watching. Um, you use ball watching for a code for 20% off as well. So um, wanted to touch on that and let's get back into it. Let's touch on what we're looking at for city here coming up. So we talked about this magic number. I think I kind of did a poor job in explaining it. We're going to keep it high level this time. Essentially, magic number is how many points do we need to get to a spot that we want to be at? So when you do a magic number, you typically would have to assume that every team wins out. It's obviously not possible, and it's hard with soccer with three points. So what we did here was we created that magic number, assuming that every team keeps their current pace. So basically, you take the games that they played, or sorry, the points that they had divided by the games that they played, and multiply that as points per games by the amount of games they have left. So if we want to get into round one, which would give us home field advantage as well, so that would be the top four, the number four spot at least, we would need 11 points out of our last 11 games. If we want to get into round one and skip over the wild card, but not have home field advantage, that would be the seventh spot, we would need seven points out of our last 11 games. If everybody keeps the same pace, and then if everybody keeps the same pace and we just want to get into the playoffs – which would be a wild card game. We just need three points. But noting that's just to get into the wild card. The team with the higher seed of the wild card would be hosting that game. So it would take a little bit more points to get that eighth spot. But um, I think that's pretty much all you need to know is that it's looking good for the boys. Let me add this to Justin. So we have, like like Justin explained, this, this awesome model that he made that actually feeds this, that does all of the boring number crunching. But 
looking at this as a fan, this is your objective way just to assume current pace. And obviously, yes, yeah, some teams might slow down. Some teams might hit warp speed and just have great form at the end of the season. But this just takes how they currently performed through the entirety of their MLS campaign so far and puts you know numbers to it and what we would need to accomplish certain objectives. So if you're a City fan right now, a win against Austin FC on Sunday likely guarantees us a spot in this year's playoffs. Yes, it would only be the wild card. And we may not even be guaranteed to host that. We could lose out the rest of the games, though. We'd still have a spot. But you're really looking at clinching that round one with Holmes field spot. 11 points in 11 games should be a bare minimum for us. We would absolutely fumble the bag if we did not accomplish that goal. So it's got to be a, something the team's thinking about here is wrapping up that home field advantage. I think it's very doable for us. And this also shows you at the bottom some of the upcoming matches but all teams man that are in playoff contention right now and currently in a playoff spot um, some some solid solid sides to coming up coming up for us and one thing i do want to mention as well is kind of thinking about this holistically jake's been talking about it since the beginning of the season typically around 45 points is what gets you into the playoffs so look at our our magic number now it's starting to make sense we would be at 44 so it's right on that cusp of getting that ninth spot i would say i completely agree with jake i mean Think about it, 11 games. I would hope we at least win three of those. And if yep. we can get two ties, we're at that 11-point mark. And like Jake said, someone – I mean, Real Salt Lake has is hot right now. We're looking at Miami. They're going to be climbing the charts, so they're going to kind of mess with this model. Um, looking at LAFC and some of these other teams. So just keep in mind, but this is a good way to look at it as of now, and we'll get more specific as we get down to the last couple of games. Agreed. Agreed. So just want to round this out finally with some last minute kind of city news. Obviously, there are some some things happening in this time. The team did return to training uh, in the last couple of days. So it's good to have them back. Uh, they do have a closed door friendly at Atlanta uh, this Saturday. I do not believe that'll be available at all for streaming, unfortunately. Uh, but my my big thing for me is I'm going to start with some of the positives. Nielsen is looking absolutely fire for city Two. he looks everything and every bit the player that we bought and i'm really excited about him he's been getting some great city two minutes even some goals under his belt which you love to see that from a center back leuven had an interview he looks really happy to be back he said the rest was well needed they're ramping back up this week with a ton of excitement in the squad about trying to defend their number one spot in the western conference right now and you, we also made the signing of Thorson, who unfortunately is not with the team yet, obviously sorting out all of his visa and immigration stuff. But um, Markinick is in with the team. Uh, our left back now that we have signed just recently um, is, is with us and apparently looking pretty good uh, with a left footed, uh, comfortable on the ball, going to be some good depth at left back, probably also getting some minutes here and there in this final stretch. Uh, but for me, man, the story is still Justin. I'm going to say I'm right. I this is, you know what? I've, I've been full of the hot takes today. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. We talk about Klaus all the time. And we also don't talk about Klaus all the time because it's, it's a boring topic at this point because we literally know nothing about what's going on. I am going to say that for me, it is iffy at this point, if we are going to see him the rest of the season, iffy. And if I would have told you that when he got this injury back in April and with what the news that we knew about this in the timetable, I'd have been called crazy, but I've told you time and time again, League's Cup, he was on the roster. He's still not practicing with the team. What is going on? I, I feel like we as fans are owed some level of explanation as to what's gone on to keep this cycle going. It, it to me, is beyond belief at this point that what they initially saw as a couple weeks out has spun into four months, not four weeks. It's, it's 
baffling at this point. We, we got to get one of those memes of Brian Windhorse's what is going on in St. Louis. We should. And we'll fill that up. But I just, okay, fine. You might be right about him not playing in 11 days. If he's still on a practice team, fine. End of the season. We're snipping this one, Jake. I'm calling you back out. I There's hope so. no way, dude. Uh, I know you've always said no way, but I'm telling you every milestone that they set for him, he misses, unfortunately. So I don't want to harp too much bad in that because we all we are seeing some great performances from City Two, who just lit up the Real Monarchs in front of an MLS Next Pro crowd of record attendance. Almost 10,000 fans filled City Park to see that game, which was great to see. And City Two, we talked about this before, has been a great, valuable ground for first team players for developing city two players just to get minutes you know you're seeing guys like pedro feature there obviously nelson getting back from injury johnny klein ripping it up isak jensen also getting minutes there and caden glover four goals in an appearance in the mls next all-star game so obviously we're using city two the right way and we're still on the cusp of playoff contentions we're, we're, we're featuring against them our next game is on the 13th of august against minnesota united fc two and we have 30 points to their 31, and they have one game in hand. So a big game for us to cement our spot back above that line uh, before the final stretch of the season of six games. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting end of the season for City 2. I will say shout-out to Johnny Klein, St. Louis' very own. Went to SLU, had a brace against that Real Salt Lake game, and then also Nielsen scoring another goal in a corner as well. So keep an eye for him as he's kind of working his way back up. I'm, I'm going to do a hot take and say he starts against Austin. I love it. I love it. Well, Justin, I know we have some more to cover, but I think we're reaching a good point at, for today to, to wrap it up here. But uh, obviously a lot going on. Everything has been a bit crazy right now. And we will be back with you all on Wednesday next week to do our normal preview. I'm excited for it, man, just to get back into it. You know, the content rights itself. We're doing our scouting, our research, and we restart the season against the team that we started our season against and just set us on this path of success that we've seen so far. So I am for one, very, very excited to fill City Park again and, and have Austin FC home uh, and, and just hopefully get this final stretch of games on the right foot. That's what I need. The rest was needed. We used it well, and we're back. Yeah, we got to bounce back. Two losses, giving up what was it, six goals. And, it, I mean, City Park's going to be electric. Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. after having, what, like a month, month and a half off yeah. of an actual MLS game. So I'm more than pumped. Get me yeah. there. I agree. I agree. Well, until Wednesday of next week for you all, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of the ball watchers, all of our listeners out there, and we will check in again with you all on Wednesday. Until then, all for City. All for City.